Um, this is a religious class, and she's. it doesn't seem like she's a Christian, so it's going to get worse and worse. What? Bring your definition of religion. And I already know when people start talking about religion, they're going to be like, these rules, these standards, these, uh, you know, it's going to have like a negative connotation, but I've already kind of planned what I'm going to say. Even if they don't say it's a negative connotation, like the word, I'm going to say it kind of gives me a negative connotation. So I'm going to be like, uh, personally, I'm going to wait for people to go, you know, kind of fill out the environment. <laughs> and I'm going to go, well, personally, you know, I think, you know, I think religion kind of gives me a negative connotation. And we give like a dramatic pause. And I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm practicing in the mirror the other day. I'll be like, I'll be like, this is because, um, oh shoot, now I gotta remember what I was gonna say. And this is because, um, religion has these, you know, these depicts God as being high up in the sky and has these rules and standards and is a sh- and is just real strict. Um, but I think, in my opinion, at least through the Christian perspective, that. God can be known on a more personal and intimate level. And I think a better word that would be used for it would be relationship. Um, and that relationship relationship can be found through Jesus. And I was, I, and that's, um, and I'm, I'm low-key nervous. I am. That's dumb, but that's fun. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Kingdom Vision Podcast. I'm Cole Harris, and I'm back with my boy Brayden Harris. What's up, Brayden? Not much. How you been, dude? It's been it's been a couple of weeks. You've been yeah. good. How's school? School treating you well? Oh, it's good. It's pretty easy right now, but uh, just excited to come back from another one of our uh, extended breaks. You know? Yeah, I think this. Ex- I think if if the last one was extended, then this one is like, you know. It's like a three day weekend, you know. That like the first one was like a like a three like a like a yeah. Christmas break. That was, this a, one was, that was a hiatus. This that was a hiatus. <laughs> that was a NBA lockdown. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. That was um, a little different. <laughs> anyways, today we're gonna be talking about um just a simple gospel. I, I'm taking a class right now and you know, I've kinda understanding that um well statistically speaking, twenty five percent, twenty to twenty five percent of people identify as evangelical, which y'all can go look up what evangelical means. But on top of that, 70% of people identify as some form of Christianity. And, you know, kind of the thing I've been thinking about is even the people who don't identify as Christian, every almost everyone, at least in the United States, has heard the name of Jesus. So, like, what's the difference? What is the um, – what's the disconnect in that? Um, and I would like to – think it's just the severity of the gospel the severity in which we take the gospel and and if we accept it truly in our hearts to actually change us um so with that being said brian i want to ask you like if you like what would you think of when you think like okay this is the gospel that i'm taking to my grave like if there's a gun to my head like what how would you describe that gospel to a non-believer i would I mean, I think my go-to is um, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and it says, For as by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. But I also have an, one more thing that can that wants to that needs to go with that another scripture. 
In 1 John 2, 4, it says, Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. So whenever that speaks to me, I understand that by grace, I can continue to strive for a holy life. I can continue because God, Jesus paid for my sins. It allows me an easily accessible way to say, hey, I messed up. And then his grace is sufficient. His grace is the only thing that can save me. And it allows me to continue on this road away from sin. And we can't, um, we can't get this misconception and identify ourselves for a certain way whenever it says that, but anyone that he, the, the, but anyone that does not do what he commands is a liar. So that's, yeah. I mean, I don't want to be a liar. So exactly. So I think um, the first thing that we need to establish is to save by grace. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that is, you know, I was trying to describe it to a friend the other day and it's, there, there's no exceptions to saved by grace. You know, Paul Washer says something that you could be 99.9% saved by grace and 0.01% saved by your works. Like you believe you're saved by 0.01% of your works and all we deserve is hell. If we believe that, like it's all grace, there's mm-hmm. no exceptions. Um, and I have that Ephesians two eight written down too. That's like the basic, yeah. uh, the basic scripture That's the for staple. it. Yeah, yeah. And then I think next two would be understanding that. I mean, I have John three sixteen written down, of course, which is probably the most famous Bible, famous Bible verse ever. You know, for God so loved the world that whoever believes in Him shall have eternal life. That whoever does not believe shall is condemned already, but whoever believes um, shall receive eternal life. So that belief factors. The, in, the, the key to heaven, basically. But next, I would say, like, what does our sin get us? Like, where do, like what does our sin get us? So um, even me and you, who are true, like, true Christian, born-again Christians, um, we still deserve hell. Like, there's, like even yeah. there's no performance factor. Performance mm-hmm. factor. So, you know, when you talk to a non-believer, you say, have you ever sinned? Brayden, have you ever sinned? Have you ever lied? Have you ever done X amount of things? Of course, everyone can answer yes to those things. So we all deserve hell. And that's the next point is realizing that our sin gets oh, – like because of our sin, we deserve to go to hell. Mm-hmm. That is a huge factor. Yeah. Uh, it's important. Uh, it says in the Bible that those who are forgiven much love much. Well, why is that? I just – I, and it's kind of a concept that, well, we're all forgiven of so much. We're all forgiven of everything we've ever done, but it's only the ones that realize how much they're forgiven of can they truly love. So yeah. as a Christian, you realize, you begin to realize what you're forgiven of and the mistakes, how much, how costly they are and what you deserve in that, what you truly deserve. And then you can actually begin to love because you see how much has been given to you with no with no reason no reason based mind can conceptualize why would I be given this amazing gift that doesn't change no matter if I receive it or if I don't but I can receive it and then I can love because how, how could you how could you not get such a great gift with giving a whole heart and receive it and not begin to love? 
Oh, 100%. And that's the one thing that I actually kind of struggle to understand sometimes because, like, for me, I'm like, I'm a sinner. Like, I'm wicked. Like, God died for me. How good is this? Like, this is the good news of the gospel. But, like, when I'm trying to explain things to people, the true mark, like, that first step, like, when you go from, like, lukewarm or, you know, testing the waters to actually walking with Christ, that initial step is you recognize the value of your sin and what you're you recognize that you need a savior because you will never yeah. pursue Jesus. You will never yeah. pursue God if you don't realize that you need until, a savior. Until you realize the value of your sin, you won't realize the value of what, how much God, uh, Jesus paid for, for you. And how, like, that's still, still to this day, I get, you know, speechless, like how good, like, you know, um, uh, it's just hard to comprehend. Like you said, it's incomprehensible. It's like, this is true. Like, um, Whatever, but I'm going to read Romans 6, 20, and it says, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed of? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification, and it ends with eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then I'm going to read Revelation 21, 1 through 8. And this picture, like, of course, we got to know what the what value our sin is. But also another thing is knowing that hell is real. We all deserve hell and the severity of hell. Because, you know, in today's society, Braden, hell is a mockery. Hell is a joke. Like, there's cartoons oh, yeah. of hell. There's on SNL the other night, there was uh, somebody played the devil in an SNL skit. Oh yeah, let, like, oh, let's burn in hell together. If we're gonna go, yeah. let's go together. There's be- let's go drink beer in hell. You know, I've heard someone those word for word. Let's go drink yeah. beer in hell. You know, at least there's beer in hell or something like that. Yeah. Twenty. Uh, Revelation twenty one one. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place the excuse me, the dwelling place of God is the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Here's the big one. And he will he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. He also said, Write this down, for those words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and I am the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give the spring of water of life without payment. To the one who conquers, who will have this heritage, and I will be his God and he will be my son. But this is right here. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, and for the murders, for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. That's that's mm. directly talking about hell. Hell's not a mockery. Glad you brought that up. Uh, I I'd actually been God's kind of put my heart on that verse with also in connection to the verse that I just read. So where did it just say that liars go? To the lake that burns with fire. Okay. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. 
Yeah. Simple yeah, as and, that. And, and, and the thing is, too, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, and for murderers, the sexually immoral sorcerers, you're like the normal person. Oh, I'm not any of those things. I'm fine. I guess I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. In Matthew 5, Jesus raises every sin to the highest degree. He says, if you lust, you have committed adultery. So technically, I mean, everyone has lusted. If you're above the age of 10, you've lusted, right? If you are angry with your brother, you have committed murder. We have all committed murder in the eyes of God. We are all liars. You you think of the, the faithless. The same words, the same mouth that I profess, like, Jesus, I love you, is the same mouth that maybe two days ago I said a white lie with, the same mouth that I maybe said a curse word a week ago. You know, we 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 are all in degree faithless because – we are not perfect. So this is not just for the, the extremes. This is for us all. We all deserve hell. Um, and when you when you realize this, it's just like, dang, let me let me reanalyze this. Let me take a deeper look. Yeah, because we've been we've been getting told our whole lives that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, but we didn't realize the severity and the value of our sins to realize you know how how amazing it was what Jesus did and what that truly covers. Yeah, hundred percent. And what I'm gonna say next at first may not seem biblical, but when you take a deeper look at it, it is. So you look at all these things about Jesus. Belief in Jesus is the only thing that gets you to heaven. But it's not that you believe in Jesus; it's what you believe about Jesus, right? And that doesn't seem biblical at first. You think, oh, it says you believe. You're good, right? And then this kind of points to the scripture you were telling me, Brayden, about, or you just read about if you don't display these things, you're a liar. I don't remember. It was First John 2, as you just read. First John, Ju- First John <laughs> 2, 4. Oh, that was tough. Anyways, so my point being, first, yeah, I'll give you an example. Say I believe in Jesus, right? But... I think murdering people is fun. Say I believe in Jesus, and I think, okay, now it's okay. I can go sin as much as I want. I can say I believe in Jesus all I want. In my heart, even in my heart, I can believe in Jesus. But if I don't have a biblical definition of who Jesus is, then I'm not believing in the right Jesus. You know what I'm saying? People can, um, you know, Mormons believe in Jesus, but they don't think he was God. Mm-hmm. They believe in Jesus. You know what I'm saying? You have to have – if you say you believe in Jesus – you also believe in the things that came, the words that came out of his mouth, and that's how you analyze. And com- it's a compare and contrast. So, for example, you know, you say it's not what you believe about Jesus. I mean, it's not that you believe in Jesus; it's what you believe. So, I read Hebrews ten twenty six. For if we go on, this is directly tying into the example. If say I believe in Jesus, but now I believe I can go on sinning that he died for my sins. This is Hebrews ten twenty six. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for our sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. I don't that's kind of I don't really know what that means. It's kind of just thrown in there. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has spurned the Son of God? And has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. 
So what that that's directly tying into a false belief. Someone says they believe in Jesus, but they don't believe in the biblical definition. And you look, um, I don't know if you have what you, if you had what you were going to say, but no, I what I was going to say was, and it just came to me that the for someone a lot of times we'll be like. Uh, if you've li- watched any of Ray Comfort's ministries, I definitely recommend it. It's it's really cool. Um, he's a evangelist, but anyway, he he goes up to a lot of people and he asks like, you know, if you've lied before, and what does that make you if you've lied? And people are like, well, I'm not a liar. It's like, okay, well, if what do you call someone who's murdered somebody? A murderer, even though they uh, if if they did it one time. If they did it one time, what are they? They're a murderer. So until you realize and you come to grips with what you're doing is actually wrong. It's 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 actually wrong. And it actually is something real that happened. Then you have the free gift, a free gift that is has eternal value of the grace of God and Jesus' blood that was shed for you. 100%. And, I mean, even when we're sitting here saying this, maybe somebody will hear this or, I mean, there's people hearing it all around the world that are like, whatever. Like, okay, I, I'm not that bad of a person. Like, it's going to fall on deaf ears and hardened hearts for all of eternity. Um, that's just the reality. Um, but, so I don't ask you, Brayden, and, I mean, this is kind of a very general question. You can answer however you want to, but... Now that we have established like what the gospel is, why is this message so important to you? Like, like why? Like, it like you 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 were how you were, and then now you're like you are. What like why is it so important that it made you change and made you start pursuing him? Well, a big thing was simply that understanding when I started to give any thought it passed uh seconds of my thinking and to just just moments of of actually thinking that uh god is real like like god's a real thing well i mean pretty important pretty important concept i mean and once i took that uh step in and I, once i indulged and breathed and i was like wait like if God's real, I, I need to like, I need to look into this. I need to, I need to invest in this. Like what, what is more important? If I'm, if I believe God's real and which I obviously I know he is now, if I believe God's real, there's no, like God's not a 30% God. He didn't make 30% of the world. He didn't make 30% of you. He did it a hundred percent. And he's not looking for 30% Christians. He's looking for hundred percent Christians who try to their best to always do their best the a hundred percent of the time they fall short sometimes but they in their attempt 100 percent of the time to be doing according to God's will then you see that and that was kind of the first thing that made me go oh my gosh like this is so this is so important because it it can't, it can't be possible. It can't be halfway. This is God and halfway. This is random chance. Like this is God or nothing. That's a literally the exact thing I have written down. I said, 
if there is the smallest chance that there's a god up there that created me, like, this is the biggest thing that has ever happened. Like, forget the job, forget the, forget the, the girlfriend, forget all these social norms, forget, like, I'm, I'm, de- I'm depressed, forget, like, God is real? Like, I need to figure this out, because if I die tomorrow, like, this is, like, it, it when they, you figure out that there's a small chance that it's real, it's like, almost like panic mode, like, you just start, you just start, like, absorbing it. Yeah, you're, you're just like, like, what, like, where do I start? Like, where, where do I, do I go? start? You know, like, like, I put me in, coach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm ready, like, whatever, but, <laughs> um, and another thing, too, is, um, you think about this, Francis Chan said this, and you think of people are like, my body, my choice, you know, um, I want to do this, I want to identify as this type of gender, and that's very extreme, but it can go as simple as, I want to do worldly things, I want to watch that worldly TV show, I want to listen to worldly things, I want to do worldly sins. The, the the misconception is is that we have rights. Like That seems kind of hostile, like, oh, we have, like, we do have rights if you really think about it, we don't. Like Francis Chan talked about mm. it. You know, you know what I'm about to say. This has this has some something good that's gonna pour into something that I want to say next. But go ahead. So I mean, Francis Chan. This is um, his his illustration. But imagine him forming a man out of Play-Doh, and then you set that Play-Doh man up, and you're like, "I created you." And imagine that Play-Doh man. Pointing back at me, saying, "I have rights. Like, wh- I want to do that." And I'm like, "I made you. You don't have rights. You, you are, you are mine." And like, in reality, we don't have rights. Like, who am I to say? Like, I didn't wait. I didn't say, "God, okay, I'm ready to be born. Put me in." Like you said, "Put me in, coach." All right, God, I'm ready. Put me in. Came out the room, and I said, "Let's go." I just woke up, and I was here. And I'm gonna leave this world just like I found it. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point because I uh, something I want to talk about was, you know, why does God still allow us to have free will? And it's like God was kind of pouring this on my heart. It's like I, it's not just that I'm God. It's that every principality is righteous under me. Every pencil, every everything that under me, everything that I am about is righteous and right and just. So whenever I give everybody free will to choose against me, if I stepped out of that, then I'm like I'm giving up my position. Like I would be different than the all knowing, all righteous God. Like like that's a that's completely separate from who God is and who his heart is. You know, he's always fair. He's always just. And that that really poured onto my heart because we you know you you live in a world all the time that is like you you're constantly feeling being trying to be swayed swayed one way or swayed the other always back and forth back and forth and until you get on like this kind of ground level with God there's this this level platform that He set that's all understood then you'll you'll be able to be waved and washed and this way and that way and once you hit that level ground though you can stand up and then you can finally see and finally realize i think a perfect example of what you just said to put it in like a visual form is i used to scroll on instagram 
and I still do it, but it doesn't affect me the way it used to. But you scroll on Instagram for five minutes, you're going, you're you're gonna come across about twenty five different theologies. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. You're gonna come across um, the Ray, the Ray Rice. I mean, not the Ray Rice. Uh, you know who Ray Rice is, right? The, oh yeah, oh yeah, the football oh, yeah. player. Yeah, who is the middle linebacker? The mm, Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis. <laughs> Ray Lewis. You're gonna come across <laughs> Ray Lewis. Give me the most hyped up, like, like you can do this. You're gonna come across. Probably some Islam. I mean, maybe not American Instagram. You're going to come across prosperity. You're going to come across Stephen Furtick, all these people saying, like, God has promises for you. Now get up and go do whatever. You're going to come across people saying, doing, posting Shakespeare, posting Plato. You know, you're going to come across everything. And a perfect analogy I have to, the reason I say this is because you say you're wishy-washy. I used to read these things and like, and I would like, dude, what if that's true? What if, what if this Christian deal ain't true? I mean, this was a long time ago. Don't get me wrong. Because um, um, I identified as Christian, even though I wasn't really Christian. Yeah. I was like, what if that's true? Not this God thing. Or what if mm-hmm. what if there is no God? You know. And then now, you, you know, you scroll on Instagram for five minutes, and you know, I see Stephen Furtick. I'm like, all right, I can't. I can't even watch ten seconds. It makes me cringe. I see Ray Lewis. All right, whatever. I already have my motivation. You see Plato. You're like, okay. You know what I'm saying? You don't get wishy washy like that when you have that firm foundation. Absolutely. And it's so important that um, realizing, like we had just said, I mean, my one ask for whoever listens is think even for five minutes and say, if this God's God thing is real, why not chase after it with my whole heart? You know, whatever that looks like, chase after it. It's so, so worth it. So tough, yet so rewarding, yet so different, yet so, I mean, there's no life worth living outside of it, truthfully. Purpose, you have purpose, you have meaning in your life, you have reason. And uh, looking back, like I was asked just recently, it's like, Someone asked me, wow, you know, do you miss not being a Christian? Like, do you miss doing all that old stuff? And I'm like, hmm, I'm trying to think. Um, no, not at all. Like, there, if this way of living wasn't just so, like, bountiful, just plentiful with God, if it wasn't so amazing with God, it would be impossible in my mind to have lived both ways to go, okay, you know, this life with God and love and, and meaning is, eh, I'm going to go do whatever I want. Obviously there's times where in a life away from God, that it's more rewarding in that very moment, you know, you go and drink, it feels it's, I mean, it's fun. I mean, it's fun for that time. It's fun for whatever time you do it. You know, you, um lust it's fun for that time but the emptiness you feel after that oh my gosh it is it is way times way times worse way times worse than the amount of goodness you get from it the amount that uh the amount of you know fulfillment fulfillment and and satisfaction from it is it's far less i mean way less 
and I would go further. This is, I mean, a little bit of an advancement, a little bit off topic, but you're talking about, um, uh, basically the thought I have is like people, are you willing to give up the Bible and what it has for worldly success? Like you see people, like you said, it's not always prosperity, not always these things, but you'll actually see that sometimes a Christian may be hurt, may be uh, affected by a non-believer, uh, maybe um, worse off worldly than a non-believer. But are you willing to exchange this saving truth, this eternal power that we have in this truth in the Bible and in God? Are you willing to trade that for the world? Are you willing to trade that for worldly um, success? You know, like if this like that uh, again, what you said, if this is the slightest bit true, this means everything. Like imagine living your life. And if you were wrong, like if me and you are wrong right now, like if Christianity is not true, <laughs> if Christianity <laughs> is not true, we're going to end up in the same place as the non-believer, which is the dirt. Yeah. But if it is true. We're going to end up with God, and they're going to end up in eternal separation from God, which yep. I'm, I'm not I'm not a betting man. Actually, I am a betting man. I like to gamble. I told you about them slots I had. <laughs> if, if I'm a betting man, that's too – that's not the best odds. I'm taking the odds that these – are, these are the odds I'm going with is the Bible. Oh, yeah. And I, sometimes it might – I mean, it might start out as a – like – it doesn't always look like, oh, I'm a hundred percent like God's real. It doesn't. That's not day one. That's not what it looks like. But going in on that slightest chance that it is real, it's sure worth your time, wouldn't you say? And then you grow into actual relationship. Then you go, you know, I could never, in my right mind, I could never say that God's not real. I couldn't. But in my starting, I was like. If it is, I, I, I need to check. You know, I, yeah. I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sure go for it, and I'm gonna maybe I might try to convince myself and tell you I'm for sure. But you know I I'm not. You know there's still there's no level ground that I'm standing on yet. And until you make the um what make the push make the I don't know commitment, you know yeah like make the commitment step. to step into that you will not find that level ground. You will not you will not see that at all and it's going to be foolishness you know it's going to be blind and one thing that has been on my mind is like for for atheists is like why do you why do you care if um if a christian is a christian what's the point but for us what like this should mean the world to us like this should mean everything to us like yeah. like this is it but then <laughs> yeah. it's like what difference does it make anyway? You don't believe in anything. Why? I don't know. What's the point of trying to get more people converted to not believe in anything? Yeah. Doesn't make sense to me. That's not logical. It's not logical. It's not logical at and all. I, and and I, that pro- that shows more that God set something in us to want to grow with people in this environment, in this Christian-like environment, where we're trying to gather more people and gather and grow with more people. We naturally want more people to believe in what we believe. God set that in our hearts, obviously, to be doing that. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing 
the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not of ourselves, but Jesus Christ as our Lord, with ourselves as your servants. For Jesus' sake, for God who said, let light, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ.